If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's October 23rd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got a special update on the war in the Middle East this morning, and you might want to grab your maps, folks, because we've got events to cover that are shaping America and the world. We start in just a moment with a new three-front war that is facing Israel this morning, and we begin in the north with increasing hostilities in places like Lebanon and Syria. We then head to the latest out of the West Bank before we pivot to the southern front, that is the Gaza Strip. We'll then talk about the impacts on civilians in both southern Gaza and southern Israel with word about secret war documents that are being found on the bodies of Hamas terrorists. Third, we will discuss developing news about how the United States is redirecting some of its naval assets to the Persian Gulf, plus how Arab governments there are responding. Fourth, we will wrap up the podcast later with a shocking poll of American Muslims and what they think of this war, with about 60% of them in support of Hamas. I'll give you my analysis and opinion on all of that in a bit. But first, let's get to the latest news on the fighting in Israel. And we start in the north, ladies and gentlemen, where Israel shares a border with the Arab countries of Lebanon and Syria. Over the weekend, Israel bombed two airports in Syria, one in the capital of Damascus and the other in the city of Aleppo. Both runways are now absolutely inoperable, which, of course, was the point. The Israelis allege that Iran is using those airports to ferry in war material for both Hamas and the Iran-backed terrorist group Hezbollah. Now, beyond Syria's airports, there were also a series of clashes to tell you about, all between Hezbollah terrorists and Israeli forces over the weekend. The death toll came to about 10 people, but since October 7th, there have been seven Israeli soldiers in total and 19 Hezbollah terrorists that have been killed. And that taken together is a significant increase from just one month ago. And because of that relative increase, Israel is sending in more troops and more tanks this morning to that northern front. And that is because they fear, of course, a much bigger assault is coming by forces in Syria, Lebanon, and of course, those guys, Hezbollah. They've got about 30,000 troops to work with, give or take. Now, I should note that these increased military operations in the north have led the Israeli government to evacuate many, many Israelis. Over 20,000 have been ordered out in just one Israeli city up north. Indeed, that brings the total to 15 Israeli towns up north to be evacuated. Next, we pivot to the east of Israel with another growing area of conflict and concern. The Israelis conducted a very rare airstrike over the weekend on the Palestinian territory called the West Bank. Israel alleges that in the basement of a mosque there, Hamas terrorists were using it as a base of operations and planning an imminent terror attack. Well, apparently the strike only, as it were, killed one or two Hamas terrorists with the number probably low because the Israelis dropped leaflets in the area earlier to warn Palestinians to stay away from all Hamas organizers. 
Finally, we pivot to the southern part of this war of theater, that is the Gaza Strip, where Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his military are stepping up their warnings to the Palestinians again. Israeli planes begin dropping leaflets on Saturday and Sunday, telling residents there that, quote, your presence in the north of Gaza is putting your lives at risk. Anyone who chooses not to evacuate from the north of the Gaza Strip to the south may be identified as a partner in a terrorist organization, end quote. Later at a press conference again over the weekend, Israeli Defense Forces added that the message to Palestinians should be absolutely crystal clear, quote, do not listen to Hamas. Don't be a pawn in their game of keeping human shields. Go south and be safer, end quote. The question is now, when will that ground operation in Gaza begin? In fact, there has been some degree of surprise that, at least as of this recording, Israel has not launched those ground operations. And to help us understand why, let's consider this. Multiple press outlets and my own sources confirm that there is an international effort underway to secure the release of more hostages that are held by Hamas. European and U.S. government officials are asking the Israelis to hold off on a ground invasion for, well, some undefined period of time. So the, the goal is that with all this extra time that hopefully they, they can be bought, these governments in Europe and the United States can work with the Arab governments of Qatar and Turkey to secure the release of remaining hostages because those two governments have very close relations with Hamas. And to that end, there has been some fruit that has been born of this diplomatic effort. Hamas chose to release two American hostages on Friday, a mother and a daughter, with hope of perhaps more to come. For what it's worth, there are at least 10 known Americans currently kidnapped and held by Hamas somewhere in Gaza. Well, in response to these reports that Israel is being held back, the Israeli government is denying that such is true. Over the weekend, Prime Minister Netanyahu and his defense minister said that the offensive would come, and when it did, there would be three phases of it. The first would be the airstrikes and soon-to-be ground operations. Second would be some lower-scale combat operations, in other words, sort of cleanup operations, if you will, for the remaining Hamas militants. And then third, perhaps most critically, there will be some sort of international agreement about who will govern the Gaza Strip in the, in the future and, and how. The general idea, at least as of this morning, appears to be that the United Nations and some collection of Arab governments would be responsible for Gaza's operation and existence. Details, though, are sparse. And that news takes us a bit deeper into the southern front, inside of Gaza and inside of southern Israel, where we look at the latest regarding the impact on civilians. We start in the Gaza Strip, where the number of dead and wounded continues to mount. The exact toll of Palestinians is unclear this morning, in part because Hamas and their health ministry are the ones responsible for collecting the information of the dead and the wounded. And they clearly have a bias on whatever number they eventually come up with. But with that caveat in mind, they are reporting this morning that over 4,000 Palestinians are dead and wounded. And as British press is sharing, hospitals in Gaza are increasingly in dire straits as power and supplies run dry. I should note that of the 4,000 dead Palestinians, some are undoubtedly killed by Israeli airstrikes. But we should also note that some are killed by Hamas as well. We have continued reports of rockets that are fired by both Hamas and Islamic Jihad. They're falling far short of their intended targets, of course, in Israel. 
And instead, they are landing on Palestinian people and killing them. And that is much like we saw last week at that hospital in the Gaza Strip, the one that garnered so much international outrage. As listeners will recall, blame initially went to Israel for that explosion at the hospital. But governments now in Canada, France, they are joining media outlets who did investigations at CNN and the Associated Press, all of them saying that actually it was the failed rocketry of either Hamas or Islamic Jihad that hit that Palestinian hospital. One last thing to note on this issue of humanitarian concerns and outrage in Gaza, there was a small caravan of 20 aid trucks that made it through from Egypt into the southern border of Gaza through that Rafah border crossing. These trucks are carrying some type of aid material, although exactly what, it's not clear. And that's because while we were told that the material was food and medicines, those trucks were not fully inspected. That is according to Reuters News Service. Now, why those trucks weren't fully inspected, not exactly clear this morning. Israel has said that any future deliveries must involve their inspection systems and their personnel. And that would be very important to do and very quickly because water is increasingly in very short supply or it is polluted. And there is a little bit more food, which is good, but not much. With that, one more thing before we take our first break of the morning. Let's talk about the civilian casualties in southern Israel, those victims of the Hamas terror attacks. Israeli search and rescue teams plus forensic investigators continue to find, my goodness, just mutilated bodies of Hamas victims, even still two plus weeks after the attacks. And the reports that we are getting remain the same as before, just horrific in nature. And if you got little ears around it, you, you, you may want to remove them from the room. We are seeing issues and examples of torture, mutilation, rape, and not only of adults, but kids too. In some cases, victims, we are finding they have been dismembered while they were still alive and then burnt. Other cases, arms, legs, all being chopped off. And that means that what is happening, ladies and gentlemen, is these Israeli recovery teams are having to go through ashes to find and identify human remains to include teeth. And as that process continues, there have been some in Arab media outlets and leftists in both the United States and Europe who are claiming that all these alleged Hamas atrocities are just made up. Well, at some point today, in response, the Israeli government is promising to release all of the unreleased footage that was captured by Hamas. Again, the terrorists themselves, they captured what they did on their GoPro devices or on their phones, all as they were killing people. Those devices were then found on the Hamas terrorists after they were killed. So we unfortunately should see some very gruesome updated reports about Hamas atrocities either later today or into this week. One final thing to note from southern Israel, multiple reports from U.S. and Western press outlets, including folks at The Washington Post, say that Israel is finding some top secret documents and electronic devices on the bodies of some of the dead Hamas terrorists. Now, whether or not these documents or devices are fully legitimate, that's a bit unclear. And I say that because there are examples throughout history where forces or armies that include terrorist groups or standard conventional armies placing fake intelligence on dead bodies or giving information to their soldiers that they knew would likely die. And the hope was, well, that the enemy would then take this fake intelligence and think it's real. So the point is, let's wait and see on the degree to which this allegedly top secret Hamas material is legitimate or instead just Hamas propaganda. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. 
When we come back, we've got more news to cover regarding this escalating war in the Middle East, including what's happening in Arab countries, some reactions from Europe, plus that shocking poll from the United States showing that nearly 60% of American Muslims support Hamas. But in the meantime, for subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Enjoy the transcripts as ever with all the sourcing for today's episode. And if you're not a paid subscriber, it's real easy to do. Just go to writereport.substack.com and sign up. We'll be right back. Folks, they said it couldn't be done. Industry experts said that America could never rebuild its textile industry to once again make clothes in America for the American people. But those experts were wrong. A giant proved them wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to proudly introduce you to the company American Giant. They make clothing right here in the United States. And they do so for men and women alike. They've got shirts and hoodies, polos, jeans, jackets, you name it, American Giant makes it. But it is not just some company making stuff. It is seamsters, cutters, factory workers, your neighbors in towns and cities across the U.S. who are reopening factories to once again bring together pride, purpose, and people. So if there were ever a time to show your support for this country and get a high-quality product in return, the time is now. And the company is American Giant. And if you do, folks, if you buy clothes from American Giant, I'm going to save you some money. 20% off your first order. So here's how you do it. Just go to American-Giant.com. And once there, you've got a whole range of categories to choose from for what it's worth. I love their hoodies. I'm telling you, you put this thing on and you can just feel the sturdiness. You just know it is so well made. So fill up that wardrobe. Get your fall and winter clothes right now at American-Giant.com. Use promo code right at checkout, and you are going to get 20% off your first order. Again, that is 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code right. Folks, let's rebuild this country and let's make America giant. Hurricane season is upon us with a Dahlia on its way, and the time to prepare, folks, is right now. And to be prepared, you ought to order emergency food kits from 4Patriots.com. Their long-lasting and tasty food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it the most. And that is because, ladies and gentlemen, 4Patriots Survival Food Kits are hand-packed in the United States. They last for upwards of 25 years, and they include a wide variety of breakfasts and lunches and dinners. Plus, they are backed by over a 1,000 five-star customer reviews. But I should say that 4Patriots, they are ready for you even after hurricane season. You can use 4Patriots survival foods after, say, a temporary power outage or crazy people rioting or, in a few months, a winter blizzard. But I'll tell you, if you've got 4Patriots sitting on your shelf, none of that matters. You are ready for whatever comes your way. And right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use a great promo code, right, and you will get 10% off your first order. So go to 4Patriots.com. That's the number 4, Patriots.com. Use that promo code of right, W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get 10% off your first order. Again, that is 4Patriots.com, and go there today. Folks, if you are in the market for insurance policies, whether that be life insurance or home auto disability, well, I want to tell you about a company and a website that I have discovered. It's called PolicyGenius.com. 
These guys help you find the most affordable insurance that is out there with partners like Nationwide, Prudential, and Travelers Insurance, all great companies. Now, I recently used Policy Genius to look at life insurance policies because, well, you never know, and I want to be prepared. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million in coverage. In fact, some of their insurance options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. And that is certainly good news. But you know what I think is the great news? Policy Genius is a time saver. Their website and the underlying technology that it uses makes it very easy to compare different insurance policies of all kinds, including life insurance, with just a few clicks of your mouse. In other words, you get the lowest price with the least amount of effort. So here's my bottom line. Our loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and we can give them that with things like life insurance. And you and I deserve a smarter way to find it and buy it. So head to policygenius.com and get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our global reports this morning with more news related to the war in the Middle East. And we start with how the U.S. government is responding to this escalating war. And here's the big news, folks. Over the weekend, the Pentagon announced that more U.S. war fighters and war materiel would be sent into the Middle East. And that would include a series of missile defense systems and their batteries and battalions. One of the systems is called a THAAD battery, and the other is the Patriot defense system. These deployments come two years, actually, after the Biden administration withdrew these very same air defense systems. At the time, they cited a reduction in the tensions with Iran, but no longer. The Pentagon and U.S. intelligence agencies have seen and are predicting an increasing number of airborne attacks against U.S. military personnel in the region, including from Iran. For folks unaware, we still have troops stationed in both Iraq and Syria, all of whom are now under increasing attack this morning. Meanwhile, the Pentagon is also redirecting the USS Eisenhower strike group away from their planned deployment in the Mediterranean Sea. Instead, they're sending them to the waters of the Middle East, specifically the Persian Gulf. And that will leave the USS Ford strike group alone in the eastern Mediterranean as planned. They will be nearest to Israel. Next up, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin also announced over the weekend that he is placing additional U.S. troops on what's called prepare to deploy orders. For folks unaware, that means that these troops must now be ready to deploy on 24 hours notice. Secretary Austin said that these steps are being taken to send a very clear signal specifically to Iran that any attacks against any U.S. troops or vessels in the region will result in a U.S. response and or escalation. As he said, quote, if any group or any country is looking to widen this conflict, our advice is don't, end quote. One final thing to mention about how the U.S. is responding. I've told you previously about how the U.S. military keeps hundreds of thousands of artillery shells into Israel just in case there's a major conflict or war. And I've shared with you that some of that emergency supply has dwindled because last January it was sent to Ukraine. Now, it appears that some of those emergency stocks, whether those be into Israel or actually some here in the United States, too, they are now being diverted back to Israel, all in preparation for that coming ground offensive in the Gaza Strip. 
By the way, the, the emergency supplies include those 155 artillery shells that we have discussed previously. Those shells are so very important to Ukraine and are now part of a global hunt by the Pentagon to find more of them. But that is a very big challenge this morning. As multiple U.S. media outlets are reporting, the Pentagon is trying to supply not just Ukraine and now Israel, but also to prepare for a possible third war with China. As reported by the outlet Politico, U.S. defense industry leaders are not sure how or if they can satisfy all the growing demands for a three-front war. Quote, there has not been a time in the past 30 years where you essentially have two real conflicts happening at the same time with the potential for a third one in China in now three different regions of the world. End quote. More to come on that possible war with China and all the complications of that later this week. Next, we pivot to Egypt for more on the regional fallout from this war. Officials in Cairo gathered leaders from around the world over the weekend for what was supposed to be an international peace meeting to address the growing war. But the meeting was, well, to be honest, a bust. There were no concrete solutions offered, no way forward. In fact, the United States didn't even show up. Not really. They sent a local embassy official who didn't comment. The only thing that I would note uh, coming from this meeting was a comment by the King of Jordan. He said that any displacement of Palestinians, in other words, moving them from the Gaza Strip to anywhere else in the world, that would be considered by his government as a war crime. And that shuts the door, just slams it shut on this idea that we might move Palestinian civilians into either Jordan or a neighbor like Egypt. More to come on that. From the Middle East, we head to Europe this morning, where demonstrations continue throughout the continent, mostly in favor of the Palestinian cause and mostly led by Arab or leftist activists. In places like Berlin, Rome, Marseille and London, pro-Palestinian marchers took to the streets over the weekend with chance of either, well, demanding a ceasefire or eradicating Israel from the Middle East. In fact, in Warsaw, Poland, protesters there held up signs saying that Europe must help keep the world clean and put Israel in the trash. In London, meanwhile, over 100,000 protesters there gathered in favor of the Palestinians, with some calling for jihad or Muslim or Arab armies to unite. Finally, we saw smaller crowds of 15,000 to 12,000 gathering in places like Paris and Brussels, respectively. But the refrain in all cities was basically the same, ladies and gentlemen, and you know it. Chants of, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And as listeners know, that means that these protesters ultimately want the Jewish people to be removed from what they call Arab lands, in other words, Israel, and Palestine to thus be restored back to what it was generations ago. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take our second break of the morning Maybe take a deep breath or two or 10. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with our final segment of the morning. Two very important updates to tell you about regarding what you all think about these developments out of Israel. First, I've got a poll for you out yesterday from the Wall Street Journal that found that many of you, 42%, side with Israel in this conflict and only 3% side with the Palestinians. And that leaves 52% of you who say that we shouldn't back either the Palestinians or the Israelis, just stay focused on the needs here at home. To that point, only 38% of Americans support the U.S. committing troops to this escalating conflict, 
And that led the Wall Street Journal and their pollsters to say that, well, most Americans want Joe Biden and the folks in Washington, D.C. to know that, quote, it's terrible what's happening in Israel, but it is not our problem, end quote. But as we digest that poll, there is another one that we need to talk about. It was conducted by the pollster called Signal, which is a top-rated polling firm as judged by the folks at 538. And here's what Signal found and reported over the weekend. A strong majority of American Muslims support the terror group Hamas and the attacks against Israel on October 7th. As subscribers can see in the transcript, here are the numbers. 57.5% of Muslim Americans say that Hamas was justified in their terror attacks. A remaining 42.5% of American Muslims disagreed. Now, interestingly, the group as a whole mostly said that while Israel has the right to respond, their ultimate allegiance remained with Hamas and the Palestinian cause. But percentages can only tell part of the story, I think. So let's put these percentages into a context that maybe we can understand and appreciate a little bit better. Consider that there are 4 million Muslims in America. So looking at our breakdown or poll numbers, that's about 1.6 million Muslims in this country that think that Hamas is bad and that terror is not a legitimate weapon. So that's great. But that means that there are 2.4 million Muslims in this country, a strong majority, that believe that actually Hamas is right. And so too are their tactics of God, rape and torture and burning victims alive. And that is a very heavy thing indeed. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's special episode of The Right Report. Now, before I offer you all my analysis and opinion on today's episode, especially that poll about America's Muslims, let me recap what we have discussed so far, because goodness gracious, we have talked about a lot. So we started today's episode with the new three-front war in Israel. First was to the north with Syria and Lebanon. We then discussed the West Bank. And finally, we pivoted to the south, to the Gaza Strip. And we talked about the latest on how civilians in both Gaza and Israel are struggling this morning, from those folks still alive in hospitals in Gaza to those who are dead, the torture victims in Israel. To that horrific point, we also spoke about that we will likely see more Hamas video released this week from those Hamas terrorists and their GoPro devices that were recovered by the Israelis. Next, we covered how our men and women in uniform are now shipping off to this war in ever greater numbers, in addition to the thousands who are already there in places like Iraq and Syria. We then spoke about how America is struggling to respond to all the war material needs of not just one or two, but potentially three wars in Ukraine, Israel, and potentially with China. Finally, we've talked about how this war is continuing to impact countries throughout Europe and the United States, with over 100,000 people in London protesting over the weekend for the Palestinian cause, including protesters who advocated for jihad. And we ended this morning's episode on the very sobering and alarming poll. Nearly 60% of American Muslims actually support Hamas, ladies and gentlemen, which is 2.4 million Americans in cities all throughout this country. With that summary, let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. Well, my goodness, there is a lot that we are going to talk about this week, but let me just focus now on that one last thing, that poll of American Muslims who are supporting Hamas and their form of terror. 
And to talk about this, let's frame it for a moment. Let's go back in time. Six days after the September 11th attacks on America, then-President George Bush said these next words about the attacks and Islam. Quote, These acts of violence against innocents in New York, Pennsylvania, and Virginia violate the fundamental tenets of the Islamic faith. And it's important for my fellow Americans to understand that. The face of terror is not the true faith of Islam. It's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. End quote. Well, here's the truth. About 60% of America's Muslims believe, at least in the case of the Palestinian cause, that terror is acceptable. Indeed, it is a part of their faith, an allowance for their faith. Now, to be fair, both then under Bush and now under Biden, religious scholars and historians will argue that, oh, look, Christianity allows for the use of violence during a time of war, so it's not just Islam. But that's not the point, is it? Because when we talk about things like just wars or the the rules of war in the Christian tradition, especially, again, that Western or modern Christian tradition, well, the focus is on the battlefield. We talk about things like how we are going to treat the captured enemy combatants or how we should best warn civilians to stay away from combat zones. But that is not what Hamas did. On October 7th, they didn't target people wearing military uniforms or those on a battlefield. They targeted babies wearing bibs. They targeted moms changing diapers and running after toddlers. They targeted kids in wheelchairs who had cerebral palsy. They targeted old men who were sitting in their living rooms waiting to die, trying to distract Hamas from their elderly wives who were in safe rooms. Folks, all of those things that I just mentioned, they all happened. The babies, the toddlers, the the kids in wheelchairs, the moms and dads, the old men, the women, and their stories are now being told in part through an x-ray machine. And that's because, as listeners know, that is being done in some cases because the victims were bound together with wire and burned alive. Their flesh fused together and their heads later removed such that Israeli recovery teams don't know how many people are inside those clumps of burnt human flesh. So they are looking for spines on an x-ray trying to figure it out. So I would encourage us to keep that in mind and our reactions to that. As we now know, the 2.4 million Muslims in America know all of what I just said and actually still back Hamas and their terror. And what it tells me is that we have a very serious problem, not in Israel, but here. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you that if there were a terror attack in this country and it was done by Hamas or Islamic Jihad or Hezbollah, the 2.4 million American Muslims would celebrate our deaths Because as they would argue, I promise you, they would say America's foreign policy is bad and deadly or we support Israel. In other words, you, my listeners, you are legitimate targets taking care of your kids or sitting with your elderly wives. You apparently, according to this logic, deserve to be tortured or mutilated, raped and burnt to death. That is the argument. So, yes, we have a problem here in America, and we need to be honest about that. And here's how we do it. First, this is where we start. We have to uplift the voices of the 1.6 million Muslim Americans who think that Hamas is evil and their terror is evil. Those 1.6 million Muslims who are your fellow Americans, they deserve to be known 
and to be heard and to be echoed by all of us, including and most especially by folks in Washington, D.C. Right? We need to celebrate their existence and their views. Those voices of 1.6 million peaceful Muslims are vital. Second, we need to be crystal clear that as we do that, we also have a radical Islam problem. And we leverage the voices of the 1.6 million to deal with the violence and the bigotry of the 2.4 million, frankly, by whatever legal means are available to us. And if possible, the U.S. government should deport anyone that we possibly can. And I say that because this poll showed that 75% of those who are expressing pro-Hamas sentiments were first-generation migrants. But if they can't be legally deported, then they need to go under FBI surveillance for years to come. And by the way, no more MAGA stuff. Let's prioritize the threat, shall we? So folks, if you were in the White House this morning and you were the president seeking my counsel as former CIA officer, that is what I would encourage us to do. Let us celebrate Muslim Americans who celebrate American values and work with them to root out the people who do not. And folks, it is not just that we can do those two things. We have to do those two things. The very future of this country depends on it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.